Hello and welcome to the Life Church Audio Podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hi, Life Church. I'm so glad that you joined us again. We are in week three of our series called I'm Accountable. And what I want to talk to you today about is I want to challenge you to stop blocking the miracle that God wants to do in your life. You have a role to play in your miracle. Now, we are in week three of the series of I'm Accountable. And in week one, these, these messages, all, all of them are building on each other. And I hope that you will go back if you didn't listen to the first ones. Go, go and, and watch them. Go and listen to them. Because we are accountable for what's happening in our lives. And we're a place where you have to stop blaming others for what you are going through. You are currently at the place of your choices. So I'm accountable. And I want you to go watch those other ones. But in week one, we looked at the following thing. We looked at it's important for us to guard the man or the woman. It's important for us to guard, to keep watch over ourselves. And in 2022, especially entering into this year, and if you want to bring changes, make changes to your life, one of the most important things you can do is to make sure that you keep watch over yourself, that you set up systems, that, that, that you make sure that you are in the right situations and circumstances to be everything that God has called you to be. Watch the man. Keep God over yourself. Now, last week, we spoke about being, being accountable. If we are accountable, it means that we have to plan. God is a planning God. And God says we are to plan. But a plan that excludes God is foolishness. And the question which we have to answer, do you love your plan, which many of us have made regarding our future, who we're going to marry, where we're going to live, how many kids we're going to have? Do you love your plan more and do you trust your plan more than you love God or trust God? Because for many of us, that's one of the biggest obstacles in our relationship with God. God didn't do things my way, so I can't trust Him. Listen, He is the only one that knows tomorrow. He's the only one that has all the data of tomorrow. And he knows the way towards your purpose. He knows how you should get to where everything that he's created you to be, he knows how you're going to get there. And even when it doesn't make sense to you, trust his ways. Submit your plan to him. Make a plan. Submit it to God. And remember these four words. If the Lord wills. God, if this is within your will, you being outside of time, looking at tomorrow, you know exactly how I'm going to get there. God, if my plan is separate than your will, God, adjust it and I will still love you more than my plan. Now today, we're focusing on, I am accountable for my miracle. And I'd like to suggest to you, based on the word of God, that a lot of us haven't seen God come through because... We're holding God up. Many of you need a miracle. Many of you listening to the message today, you need divine interference in your life. And based on God's word, a lot of us haven't seen God come through because we're holding God up. We are delaying or denying His supernatural presence into our situations and into our circumstances. Now, allow me to explain what I mean by something that is supernatural. 
God has natural laws, natural laws that govern the world. The, the world works on natural laws like gravity, um, life, death, breath, oxygen. But a miracle is something that is supernatural. A miracle is when God overrules natural laws he set in place in order to accomplish something he wants to do. Something that in the natural can't happen unless there is a supernatural intervention. If you are a believer, you have experienced the supernatural. When you accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior, you entered into the realm of the supernatural, which means that you have access to that which operates outside of the natural. You have access to God who can do supernatural things. The problem is, that we're so tied, us, you listening to this message, me, we're so tied to the natural that we often, we either miss or we resist or we deny the supernatural. I'll, I'll never for, forget um, when God supernaturally protected and saved the boy's life. Um, it happened a few years ago. We were driving down the main road here in our, in our city. And as I was driving, it was about five o'clock in the evening. And we came to a crosswalk where a boy on a bike, a teenager, oh, well, teenager, I'd say he's between the age of 10 to 12, a young boy um, on his bicycle was planning to cross over to the other side of the street. The car on the opposite side of the street, unfortunately, did not stop because he did not see the boy. Because um, and at that time in the afternoon, the sun was, was kind of blaring into his eyes for sure. But not just that, the, the, the boy on the bike just kind of pushed the button and started going. Now, I saw, I saw this, this happen in front of my eyes and it felt like everything slowed down. I saw the boy pushing the button on the light. I saw him just, um, I stopped. I saw him just going. But I also saw the car on the other side not seeing him at all. And I saw how this young boy was completely trampled by this SUV. It was like it was happening in slow motion. I saw the front tire of the car driving over the whole body of the boy as he was whipped under the vehicle. I saw the back tire of the car driving over the boy's head. The bike was completely destroyed. I stopped immediately and I jumped out. But while I saw this happening, I remember praying, Jesus protection, protect that boy. I stopped immediately, I jumped out and I prayed for the boy while he was lying there. And I said, thank you, Jesus, that this child is completely protected and no damage will be done to him because of this accident. We called an ambulance, the other bystanders called an ambulance, they quickly came. Um, the paramedics showed up, did an examination of the boy. Like I said, the bike was completely written off, it was folded. The paramedics looked at the boy and they said, it's an absolute miracle that he is alive. Not just alive, but there's no harm to any part of his body except a few scrapes on his ankle. And I'm like, yes, it is. It is a miracle. But we can so easily say, man, that boy was so lucky. It wasn't luck. It was a miracle. Please hear me. 
We are accountable for the miracles that happen in and through us. You play a part. And we're going to see it in this passage that we're going to read today. Um, Our story is a very familiar story. It's in John chapter 11. It's a story of the resurrection of Lazarus. Now, we've spoken about Lazarus on many occasions, but what I want to do today is I want to equip you to not miss your miracle. To summarize what's happening here is this whole chapter is about Martha and Mary, the sisters of Lazarus, and Lazarus got sick. And Jesus said, when the messengers came and told him Lazarus is sick, Jesus said the following, his sickness is not unto death. And Jesus delays going to help their sick brother get better. Now, during Jesus' delay, Lazarus dies. Jesus shows up too late. Lazarus dies after Jesus saying he's not going to die. After they have sent messengers to call him to tell him that Lazarus is going to die. They told him that he was going to die. It's almost like one of those, those things you've got in your pocket. I told you so. I told you so. So we have two frustrated sisters, Martha, chatty Martha, the, the verbal one. And she comes to Jesus and she literally pulls out the, oh, I told you so card. Jesus, if you would have been here, our brother would not have died. Where were you when we needed you? And there are many listening to the message today who have been disappointed by God. Or that's how you feel. God didn't do what I clearly understood he said he was going to do. Or I told him so. I told him what was going to happen. When you thought he was going to to be in a hurry... He's taking his time. I'm in a hurry. Why is he not in a hurry? When you thought he was going to answer your prayer a certain way, the answer was different. Not what I asked for. In fact, some of you listening might even believe God actually made stuff worse by his negligence. By his delay, things are worse now. Even by his denial of your request. And that's how some of us feel and some of you feel. So that is the story here. This is what Jesus is walking into when Martha and Mary, this is what they are experiencing. So let's learn from this. So so we're going to pick up in verse 38. So Jesus, again, being deeply moved within, came to the tomb. Now it was a cave and a stone was lying against it. So, So Jesus being deeply disturbed by the pain and the anguish and the emotions of what he was dealing with, with Martha and Mary, having compassion for it. It says in verse 35 that Jesus wept. He shared the pain of Martha and Mary, not because he was worried about Lazarus that's dead. He knows something else. But he saw their anguish. And it says in Hebrews, it says that he sympathizes with our infirmities and with our pain. But then he gets to the tomb. And at the tomb, he issues a command. In verse 39, Jesus said, remove the stone. There is a stone, a large boulder in front of the cave where Lazarus' body is buried. And Jesus says, remove the stone. He gives, he vocalizes a command that involved action. Chatty Martha says to Jesus, Lord, after Jesus has given the instruction, Lord, by this time, there will be a stench. He stinketh, for he has been dead 
four days. Jesus heard her say what he hears us say today. When we either do not like or we do not understand his instruction, we argue back with him the same way Martha argued back with him. We argue back with him with human logic. That may be absolutely correct. Your facts may be impeccable. Your research, well done, documented. You are absolutely correct. Martha was absolutely correct when she says, he is dead for four days, he stinketh. It's truth. But Jesus responds and Jesus said to her, he said, did not I say to you? Also translated as, Woman, can't you hear? Martha, are you not paying attention? Martha, are your ears not working because your mouth is still moving? Please hear me. Jesus never wasted words. He never says anything because he feels like talking. When he says something, he wants you to pay exact attention to his wording. Nothing I will say this again Nothing will block the supernatural movement of God in your life like your logic, your education, or your opinion. Well, let me add one more, or your Google. Some of us, some of you listening, you have educated yourself out of the supernatural, where we are just too smart for God, too intelligent for heaven, too brilliant for the kingdom of God. And so we live with our logic and our Google searches and our Facebook opinions and our Instagram posts and truth and what you heard from other people. So we live only in the natural and we miss the supernatural. Jesus says, didn't I say to you? What did he say to her? Didn't I say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God. Didn't I say to you, if you believe, you will see. What will you see? The glory of God. What is the glory of God? The glory of God, if you believe, is God on display. The glory of God is God revealing himself as God in your circumstance. You want that. The glory of God is when God is advertising himself, when God puts himself and his attributes on a billboard so you can see God is at work, but you will not see it in the physical until you believe it in the spiritual. You and I, we are blocking our miracles when human logic, even if it's correct, trumps what God says. When we do that, we do exactly what happened in Matthew 13. Matthew 13, it says he did not do any miracles there because of their unbelief. So you will be limited. I will be limited. We collectively will be limited to the natural when we do not move the stone. That is when we do not act on what God has said, whether we understand it, whether we can figure it out, whether we like it or not. And that is what often happens with Christians, limiting us to the natural because we can't figure out how God is going to do this. We can't figure out where this is going to come from. 
How am I going to pay for that? How am I going to get there? This is impossible. How am I going to get pregnant? This is the, I don't know how all of this works. So it goes on and says, Didn't I say to you that you would see with your own eyes the glory of God? But you won't see the supernatural until you believe. And you believe. You prove your belief by doing what I told you to do. God is saying, listen, I'll wait. I'll wait until you decide to believe. I'll wait until you decide that that you're not just going to throw facts my way. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I created the world. And you're going to describe biology to me, like how things work. God says, I'll wait. Let me tell you something about the will of God. And, and this is probably for me one of the most revealing points that I want to give to you today. I hope you get this. God has a revealed will. A revealed will. That's what he says in the Bible. God's will for our marriages is revealed in the Bible. God's will for our parenting, how to parent fathers, our, our, our roles, what we're supposed to do, mothers, our roles is revealed in the Bible. God's got a revealed will for our finances. Where he says, bring your tithe to the storehouse. Um, God's got a revealed will. Why? So that we can say, we serve God first. We don't serve our finances. God's got a revealed will um, for how we are to love and forgive others. God's got a revealed will in his Bible for every situation you can think of. But God also has a secret will. God has a revealed will. That's what he says in the Bible, and he has a secret will. Now, Deuteronomy 29, 29 says the following. The secret things belong to God. He hasn't revealed them yet. Now, here it is. Catch this. You cannot get to God's secret will if you've ignored his revealed will. Let me say that again. You cannot get to God's secret will If you've ignored his revealed will. In other words, if he says move the stone or whatever it is in your situation that he's telling you to do. But but you have to see what he's going to do before you're going to remove the stone. Like, like God, I know what you've told me to do. But I'm going to have to see first what are you going to do when I remove that stone or when I make that change. I first want to know what's going to happen on the other side of that wall before I remove something on this side. You'll never see what he's going to do because he'll keep his secret. His secret will not be revealed until you believe his revealed will. Until you act. And I want to say again, believing means I'm going to act on his revealed will. So if if you don't do what you know he said, he won't show you what he's up to in secret in the supernatural realm. And you can't figure it out ahead of time because he is the unfigureoutable God, if that's a word. His ways are not your ways. His thoughts are not your thoughts. I I just want you to understand this. This is so important. God's secret will, God is good. His will and his plans for your life, they are amazing. You want God's secret will in your life. But God will not reveal his secret will until you do take action on his revealed will. Why is my tongue twisting so much? Now now watch this. It says in verse 41. So they removed the stone. I'm going to read it again. 
So they removed the stone. Some of us missed this. They removed the stone. How did the, the stone get moved? Well, she called her small group. How did the stone get moved? She called her church family. Notice Jesus was talking to her, but she didn't move the stone. They moved the stone. Why did they move the stone even though he's talking to her? Because the stone was too heavy for her to move herself. She needed somebody to help her move it because it was too heavy for her to move on her own. And what I'm trying to say is some issues are too big for you to handle on yourself. Some stones, some problems, some difficulties are too tough. You, you've done it too long. You've been in it too deep. It's out of control. It owns you. You're addicted to it. It's a stronghold. Because you couldn't move it yourself. Because if you could have, you would have moved it by now. So there were people who were brought alongside to help her moving something that she could not move herself. That's why you need the church. That's why we need community. That's why we need people around you to help you move stones you can't move. Because God won't move into his secret will and still the stone has been moved. So if you cannot move the stone, get some people who care about you enough. Get into a church, into a body that cares about you enough to speak the truth in love, to help you to move those stones. Everyone listening should either be getting help to move a stone in your life or you should be helping somebody else, else to move a stone in their lives. Because if you're helping somebody else, that means you've got some people to help you. That's what church is. It's supposed to be. We're supposed to love people so much that we're willing to get dirty and help them move stones in their lives. That's why on Sunday mornings when we call you forward for prayer, it's people that's willing to help you to move stones in your life. But you have to respond. Now some of us are asking, God, when is this thing going to be revealed? God, God, how long is it going to take? And God keeps saying to us, when you do the revealed will, you will see my secret will. I'm waiting on you to do what I told you to do so that I can do what I'm going to do. Now, that's important. God just doesn't do everything we want because we want it. You have to get this. But there are a lot of things in God's will he's waiting to do after he's seen our faith in action. So he says, Jesus, then Jesus said, he raised up his eyes and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. You and I, Jesus talking, we've had a meeting about this. But even though you and I have had a meeting in the spiritual realm, they're not going to see what we agreed upon in the physical realm. Until the bridge of faith is built by their actions and their response. I'm going to say this again. Jesus and the Father agreed already in the spiritual realm. But they are not going to see it in the physical realm until the bridge of faith is built by their actions and their response. I am accountable for my miracles. That means you do not have to beg God to do something that is His will to do. 
You simply have to take the action of faith. Jesus is our example. It's not you waiting on God to see if he's going to agree to it. And when we know God's revealed will, it's him waiting on you to move the stone so that he can let you see what he has already previously agreed to. It's called the intercession of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Bringing into the physical realm what has been previously agreed upon in the spiritual realm. Once faith has been exercised. Even for things that overrule logic. This is why. This is why you must have a relationship with God. Not just be in religion. This is why you must be in relationship with a meaning. This is why I pray because God, I, I desire your plans more. I desire your direction more. This is why we meditate on God's word. We read it because God reveals his will through his word. This is why we spend time with the Holy Spirit and why we worship. Because time spent with God, that is where he gives us guidance and direction for where he wants us to go and what he wants us to do. That's step one. Then, like here, we are in a stinky situation because he's been dead for four days and he stinks. We're in a trapped situation because he's been locked down behind a stone. The whole group of people have to move to help. And it says, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice. And this is what will happen in your life also. He cried out and he said, Lazarus, come forth. Now notice, this was a specific cry. What he requested was the specific answer to a specific request. Not a general answer that applied to everyone. When you need a miracle, you're not talking about everybody. You are talking about what's happening in your life. It's me, oh Lord. Relationship, it's me, oh Lord. I'm standing in front of you and I need a miracle. You need a specific call for your situation, not just a vague answer. Now I'm almost closing. Stick with me. Almost done. The man who had died came forth bound with hand and feet with wrappings and his face was wrapped around with a cloth. And Jesus said to, said to them, unbind him and let him go. It says he came forth, but he didn't come forth walking because he came forth, must have been shuffling. I don't know if he was jumping. I don't know exactly how he came forth because it tells us that his legs were tied up. It tells us that, that his hands were wrapped up. There were wrappings around his, his feet, his ankles, his arms, and his head. He was still wrapped in death cloth. Now, what I love about this is how God reveals certain words to us. Death cloth here means unrighteousness. He was wrapped in unrighteousness. So he was alive, but he was not liberated. Because he was still tied up. And this is such an amazing picture for when we get saved. We are born again. We are called back to life. But we are still wrapped in our unrighteous thinking. We're wrapped in our unrighteous behavior. We're wrapped in our unrighteous conduct. And we need the church community, the church family, our brothers and our sisters to help us to get unwind, unwrapped from the unrighteousness. How? By the renewing of our minds, by those coming around us to pray for our healing and for our miracles. So he was alive, but he was not liberated because he was still tied up. Now, he had a miracle. Yes, the miracle was what was dead is now alive. So he comes out, 
but he's still tied up. But guess what Jesus did? And this is the call to the church and to you and me. We are accountable for miracles. Jesus called a small group, a church, his body. He said, I want you all to untie his legs. I want you to get the identity of Christ in him so he can walk righteously. I want you to unhook his arms so that he can become the one that ministers to others. I want you all to unwrap his head so he can think accurately and appropriately about me and about who I am and what I want to do for people. I want the other people to participate in my miracle. God doesn't want to do miracles to exclude you. He wants to do miracles that include you. You are part of the miracle. He did enough to get him going. Salvation, only the start. And he says, I want all of you to finish off that what I have started so that you can now participate and you can be part of the circumstances that change that person's life. I will get him alive. You all can unwrap the boy. You all can participate. He wants you and me to participate in the miracles in other people's lives. He wants us to do what we can do so that we can become partners in the supernatural miracle working process. And it closes by saying, and many believed on him. A miracle. A miracle is where God trumps natural law to accomplish something that is in his will. But we can block our miracles. We can block our miracles by our disobedience or by our faithlessness. And also, we can block them by ignoring that we have a supernatural God. Please hear me. God is still a miracle-working God. He still can trump the natural order of things. The scripture says over and over again, nothing is impossible with God. But God does also make it clear to us. If we refuse to put faith before sight, if we have to see it before we believe it, then the miracle we are asking for, the secret things of God, the things that we are needing, the things that we are desiring, they may just never occur. God wants you to know that we believe what He says, even though our physical eyes do not see it yet. We have to believe what He says. It's absolutely critical that if you need a miracle, if you are in need of a miracle, we believe in a miracle working God, in a supernatural God. But how will you know that you have positioned yourself for a miracle? Very simple. Are you doing what He's asked you to do? Are you doing what He's asked you to do? Prove that you really want a miracle by your feet, not just your feelings. By your movement, not just by your mouth. By your life, not just by your lips. Move in faith what He has revealed because when you obey His revealed will, He will show you and He will reveal to you his secret will. Without Him, you cannot. Without you, He will not. When we travel across a bridge, it typically means that there are two bodies of land that have been separated by a challenge. And this bridge is designed to take you from where you are to where you want to go. The bridge that God has constructed for you to move from the natural to the supernatural 
It's called faith. And faith is acting on the instructions that God has already given you. Now for all of you listening, you're accountable for the miracles that God wants to do in your life. Which means I want to challenge you to start taking the steps that you know that He's placed in your heart. doesn't make sense logically. But I want to ask you to respond to them. And you will see the secret things of God revealed to you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that your plans are better than ours. Your ways are greater than ours. And Father, we don't always understand everything that you are doing or how you are going to do it. But Father, we want to submit our lives to you and say, we trust you, Lord. We trust you to change the natural with the supernatural. And we will act on your instruction. We will act on your guidance and your directing. We will act on your revealed will. Father, I pray that this message will speak to people's heart, that it will challenge them to do it. Not just hear this, but do this. Praise in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We love you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church Audio Podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the Word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.